Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 250. Yes, 250, my favorite displacement. Uh, the episode 250 of Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast. Ironically, ironically, uh, we will probably not be talking about 250s at all, not even a mention, I don't think, uh, on this week's show of any 250s, but we do have some news, we do have some events, and stick around after the break, uh, because after the break, what we're going to do, you may have been listening to uh, uh, the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast and Cleveland Moto and Nokomoto, they've all had their hands in this top 10 list. We're going to take that list and fix it, what everybody did wrong. So stick around after the break for that. This is Creative Writing. Moto One Podcast Network. You're listening to Creative Writing, the motorcycle podcast so bad we received an ASBO in Wales. We've been voted best motorcycle podcast five times by David Caruso impersonators across the globe. Check us out on patreon.com forward slash creative writing to find out how you can support the show. All right. With no further ado, let's get into this week's topics, this week's shows, this week's arresting conversations. Hell, I'm out of here. Who am I fooling? Hey there, listeners. This is Patreon subscriber Narissa coming to you from inside my helmet in the land of beer and cheese, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You're listening to the Creative Writing Podcast because you're obviously ridiculously good looking. (laughs) I love Narissa because she gives everyone the benefit of the doubt. She's only seen me once in person, and I think she was uh, partially blinded by it. So not everyone can be good looking, Narissa. Just remember that. Remember your scarred, scarred retinal tissue. And then remember, not everyone can be good looking. That's right. Uh, all right. Well, welcome to this week's episode. We got a lot of things to cover. It's a pretty late night here at Creative Writing, and I got to get up at the butt crack of dawn. So I'm going to try and blow this out uh, in record time. Try to get you out of here in, in an hour or so if we can. Uh, Tobor is not in the house. He's out drinking some synthetic fluid with his robotic buddies. So it's just me by myself. I will do my best to, I will, I give my scout uh, pledge that I will do my best and do my duty to try and not fall asleep uh, on this show, but no guarantees, baby. And it, it's always weird being out here alone recording late at night. Um, and then you hear like a weird little noise and my neighborhood, everyone's asleep right now, except for me, pretty much. There's across the way, I hear people yelling, they must be watching a ball game or something, I have no idea, but pretty chill and quiet around here so when you hear that thunk or you hear like a bump there's something going on there's something out here and so yeah i don't have my knife with my field initiative knife and so i'm a little bit afraid to run the 20 feet into the house when i'm done recording in here tonight without uh, having some sort of web oh here i have this old scout knife yay yay i have pocket knives scattered around this property so i'll just take the scout knife with me in case i have to pair an apple or or core an apple uh, on the way in anyway uh, i want to remind you that the uh, the views and opinions of the participants of the creative writing motorcycle podcast are those of the participants and do not reflect the policy position or opinions of creative writing the moto one podcast network any of our affiliates and any opinion is a respected participants and is not intended to malign anyone or anything even 
Let me see. What's the mo- bike I've seen most this weekend? I don't know. Maybe uh, uh, versus 650 uh, riders. So we're not we're not out to get you 650 riders. Uh, so listen up. This week's show, like I said, is jam packed, action packed, and got a lot of things to talk about, and hopefully a lot of inf- info to disseminate. We're going to start out this week with uh, some events that are coming up, uh, and then we'll get to the word of the week, and then we'll get into the fun parts. So coming up, hey, this week, actually right now, as you're hearing this, uh, it started this weekend. Tonight's uh, this is going to come out Tuesday when we normally record shows. It's kind of weird. Um, again. Tobor failing to get us into the Burbank studios to record for like the last month. Um, so we just been putting these out from the, from the garage studio whenever we can. Uh, normally we recorded Tuesday nights here, uh, up in the Burbank studios, Moto One. I couldn't even tell you if it's a homeless encampment now or not. There's just, uh, it's crazy in LA right now. I gotta tell you. Uh, anyway, so we are we are podcasting from here, and so we're a little bit late on this announcement. We did, we announced it a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, um, that the Santa Cruz Motorcycle Film Festival was coming up. Well, it just started this uh, past Thursday or pa- no, past Friday or Saturday. It uh, it started. I think it was the fifteenth. Today that I, we're recording this is the seventeenth, so it must have been Saturday that it kicked off. Head over to RevSisters.com and still get your tickets because it goes all the way to the 30th. And what they have done is what they do every year is they curate uh, a number of films that are up on YouTube. And you can go over to RevSisters.com, get your tickets, get the uh, list and the link to the to the shows. Uh, and it's a lot of fun and it supports a good cause. Uh, the Rev Sisters, uh, of course, there's more to learn over there. Uh, last year I got a cool... Um, shirt to go along with the Jersey uh, South Jersey Motorcycle Film Festival um, and that was kind of cool they, they've been doing these virtually so that despite COVID uh, and despite all the lockdowns you could still have these cool film festivals and what it did is it opened it up to the whole globe if you have internet connection now you can see what uh, these film festivals uh, what they have to offer get the swag and you don't have to drive all the way to South Jersey because who the hell wants to go to South Jersey all right. Uh, and actually, I probably do. It's, I was researching Jersey recently. And I really like it. So go over there. Uh, they're doing the Santa Cruz one now. I think there's going to be, uh, there's probably going to be another Sturgis one this year. There may be another Jersey one. Who knows? But Rev Sisters is always putting them out. So head over there. Again, that uh, web address is revsisters.com. Get your tickets. I think they're free. You just have to sign up for it. Watch all the independent motorcycle films that you can, all the documentaries, all the YouTube uh, stuff, every every little thing motorcycle related. It's a fun, fun event. Uh, kicking off this coming weekend, Friday through Sunday, 521 through 523 at Texas Motor Speedway, uh, no less, is the Women's Moto Show. Typically, the Women's Moto Show is one night of debauchery put on by Moto Lady herself, Moto Lady. Uh, and you can head over to motolady.com, look at Moto Lady on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, TikTok. Probably sells, uh, has some Reddit site, I don't know. Anyway, check her out, uh, uh, Moto Lady. Um, and check her, if you can, check her. Check out the Women's Moto Show uh, at Texas Motor Speedway. Hit up her Instagram or Facebook for more info or motolady.com. The art is always phenomenal. We, we've interviewed uh, Amanda Zito before who does all the artwork for the posters, and it's awesome. 
All the bikes are uh, built by women. Um, Jesse Coombs used to come to that event quite a bit and demo her welding skills and teach people how to weld. Uh, there was people doing raw iron last time. My daughter loved Kill Switch Queen's bikes and took a lot of pictures of them. Uh, the last time it was at Lucky Wheels. Um, and yeah, I really, I, I had to say that it really does spotlight um, a lot of the cool uh, moto builds that uh, a lot of women are doing around the around the country. So check that out if you're going to be in Texas, baby. Um, also, Dust Hustle 10 happening at Queensland uh, or QLD. I know that's Queensland, but I don't know if they just call it QLD Moto Park in Australia. Um, it's 10 bucks, and it's all run what you run. So expect to see some mini bikes, small displacement bikes, sport bikes, Harley choppers, all that stuff out there on the enduro tracks, grass tracks, the hillbilly motocross track, maybe even some scooters. Did I mention that it's only 10 bucks and that there's camping and an after party? It basically sounds like if Brady Walker rented, instead of Willow Springs Raceway, rented like, I don't know, like Barona Oaks or something or, or, or the uh, Barona Speedway with the flat track there and, and the campground and the motocross track paintball uh, course, you know, and just had, had a crazy motorcycle event based around that. So it sounds pretty fun called Dust Hustle. There's lots of good pictures on Instagram of inappropriate like sport bikes with, with the dirt tires jumping and stuff. It looks great. So uh, very few rules. It's all just about having a good time. Reminds me of a lot of, like I said, Brady Walker's track days, Hell on Wheels events, you know, just people that like to get out, get on bikes and have a good time. Uh, also, the Vintage 1000 starts this week. I don't know if that's an official event, but I do. I have followed them for a couple of years now on Instagram, and that's where vintage bikes travel 1,000 miles across all sorts of maybe it's 1,000 meters. I don't know. <laughs> it does look like they have a lot of fun. I think it's uh, over the course of like a, a weekend or maybe three three or four days. Um, yeah, and they cruise all these crazy little bikes. Reminds me of like if I threw dirt tires on Spamla and tried to take her through the Pennsylvania woods or somewhere. And I'm not even sure where it's at, but I think it's back east. All I know is it starts this weekend. So check that out. And if you're going to be in that area, it looks like it's going to be fun to spectate. Um, the Distinguished Gentleman's Rides. Uh, I, I didn't say either three of those words right. The Distinguished Gentleman Gentleman's Rides. That's not how you say any of those. The Distinguished Gentleman's Ride is coming up May 23rd. Uh, so that's going to be this Sunday. Celebrating a decade of balls, folks. <laughs> so uh, and after 10 years, I think they're still pretty exclusive to no Harleys and no sport bikes. For some reason, they don't like Harleys, even though they look like vintage. You know, Harleys haven't changed much. Unless you hop on to Pan America or something. Um they still look like they did way back in the 50s before Don Draper would have been an ad man in the 60s. So anyway, long story short, uh, you got to be an exclusive uh, gentle folk. Uh, so get out there and, and ride. It's for a good cause. So um, there's always that. But uh, yeah, if you're going to go, let me know. I'm not going to go this year because I will be camping with the family. So uh, I'm going to be indisposed, indisposable. Well, I don't know where I'm going to be this weekend. I just know I'm going to be out of town somewhere doing something up north. Um, June 12th, 9 to 11. This is interesting to me. Morning Motos. It's going to be at 1213 South Santa Fe Ave. There's going to be some custom bikes. From what I've seen, there's going to be some major players in the custom scene. 
Um, and I seen that the OG Moto Show liked it, and I seen that Steady Garage liked it, and I seen that there's like some awesome, cool Ducati that's gonna be there. And so I'm not sure who's putting this on. And I checked it out, uh, the Morning Moto's Instagram page, and there really is only the one post for the upcoming event. So I think it's something that's gonna be started, uh, just like a little morning meetup, cars and coffee sort of thing. But uh, like I said, there's gonna be some custom builders, custom bikes, and and, and it sounds like it's gonna be a pretty sick meet. So uh, that's happening June 12th from 9 to 11. Again, Morning Motos 1213 or 1213, if you like to say it that way, South Santa Fe Avenue here in uh, somewhere in LA. Um, let me see. Also, June 12th through the 13th, Pasadena MC. Uh, we got to hear from them on last episode. Uh, Ginger was walking us through the Greenhorn rally, Ride and Rally. Uh, it's a two-day event uh, from, I think, the Pasadena Clubhouse over on uh, McCarthy Way or whatever he said it was at. I forget where the hell he said it was at. McCart- Paul McCartney Alley. Uh, anyway, it's from. I think it's going to be from the Pasadena Clubhouse down to Solana Beach in, in San Diego, which is roughly only like a hour and a half ride but i think that they're going to make it like a two-day thing which means they're going to be winding all through the back hills uh and the back country of southern california to get down there and uh, i think there's going to be a camping halfway so it sounds like it's going to be awesome excuse me now this this is only going to be 150 miles as the crow flies right from from la from pasadena down to solana beach but the way they're going to take it i guarantee it's going to be pretty long because as he said they don't uh 200 miles is a short ride for them they're making this a two-day thing so i think they're going to wind all through uh the hills and take the back ways down uh to solana beach i think it says all bikes encouraged and and uh so i'm sure there's going to be some freeway but i'm i there's got it with the amount of vintage bikes that are uh uh around and and i i think some people in that club have you gotta, you gotta wonder: Is there gonna be a lot of uh, back roads too, like non-freeway riding, taking old roads down um, and and skipping the freeways? So maybe uh, there's some of that. I ought to, I ought to hit him up and ask him, and I ought to just go to this thing. I, I'm gonna be around, I think, on the 12th, so I think I may try to see what's going on. Um, June 20th, that's gonna be Solstice Slam. That's a listener submission show. You all, if you've been listening to this show for any length of time, you know that we used to do two. Uh, yearly the listener contributions specifically shows one was Solstice Slam the other was Spooky Spokes and there ain't no more Spooky Spokes folks so guess what Solstice Slam is your chance to actually record something in your voice and we used to have a lot of people uh a lot of good ideas, a lot of good stories. A little shy, though, so that's fine, too. Uh, just email us something, and we'll read it in, in a altered tone. Uh, or I'll have Tobor read it. Uh, he ought to be sobered up by then, hopefully. <laughs> and Or we'll have a, a guest come on and read it with me. Maybe Wiggins will, maybe Wiggins will be around. I want to read it. So uh, that's the 20th. Sunday, I believe that is, June 20th. Uh, So please get your submissions in before then because we're not going to be able to record anything or have anybody come on and read if we don't get them all before the 20th. So please, Social Slam is June 20th, so please send everything in by like that uh, Saturday at least, at the latest. Like June, I think 19th is a Saturday. I'm pretty sure. I don't think Father's Day would be like on a a Monday. Um, 
So yeah, please get your submissions in by the 18th or 19th if you plan on it. You can send ride stories. Send stories. Since it is Father's Day, we're going to try to focus maybe on did dad get you into riding or did mom get you into riding since the the, uh, summer solstice is long after uh, Mother's Day. Uh, you know, we're going to include moms in this too, but since it is Father's Day and uh, dads used to be the one that gets you into writing, did your dad, did he start writing? Are you a dad that's trying to get your kids into writing? Um, did your mom get you into writing? You know, so we just want to hear anything. Also, you can send, it's not just stories about writing. It could be a big crash you had, Some just anything you want to share, anything of value you want to get off your chest or share. And it can even be artwork. Hell, have your kids do some cute artwork. We have a Cobra page on, uh, it's it's one of our Facebook groups for creative writing. If you head over there, you should be able to find Cobra, which is the community. No, 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 the creative. I had to remember, it's been so long since I created, I could barely remember. It's the creative online bikers, rider, rides, and artists, uh, something like that. I forget exactly what I named it. But anyway, it's basically like a community run uh, art page for creative writing. If you want to put a piece of art on there, hell, I'll grab it off of there and put it on our blog for Social Slam. And I'll enter you in like our art segment because I'm going to try and do a couple, If depending on how many submissions we get this year, I'm going to try and do a different thing for every style. So you have a good ride story? Awesome. Uh, we'll enter you into the story uh, competition. Did you do a piece of art for the show? Awesome. We'll enter you into an art competition. Did you write some music? Awesome. We'll enter you for music. Maybe we'll have three different segments this year. I don't know. All I do know is that you need to please get on it because it's about a month away. And if you're just now going to write a song and it's going to take you three weeks to write a song, you're going to be scrambling to figure out how to send it to me last minute. Um, If you do want to submit a story, ride story, it's very easy. If you have an iPhone, just go to your little memos app, click on voice memo, record it, and then hit send and email it to slam at creative-writing.com. If you don't have an iPhone, you probably have some other phone that has a voice memo that you can just uh, create a little read your story, tell me your story, um, send it via email that way straight from the What's it called? The uh, recording app. And that's an awesome way to do it. We've got recordings like that in the past that were just amazing. Uh, amazing stories um, from people talking about their first rides, their first crashes, uh, bikes that, they, you know, they've owned. It doesn't even, like, uh, I remember one year, I think it was uh, Brian Viffer, just talked about all the bikes that he's owned and all the maintenance he's done over the years. And it was pretty interesting uh, to hear the m- amount of miles this guy's done <laughs> spread over so many bikes, you know, so, um, and the builds and all the stuff he had to do to keep them going. So it's kind of cool. You, you never know what you're going to learn from somebody's like ride history, you know? So that was cool. Uh, all sorts of cool ride stories, um, including for spooky spokes. So this is a great time. Uh, since Spooky Spokes isn't going to be around anymore, to get out your your stories. What did you do? Did you do an event last year? How did you stay healthy last year? How did you stay sane last year if you didn't get out and ride much? All that crap. We want to know. Um, or write a song about it or uh, just send us a picture about it. So that's that's it. That's basically Solstice Slam. I'm going to quit yapping about it and just tell you just to submit. You can do it two places. Slam at creative-writing.com or creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com send them to either place they'll all go to the same mailbox and um, I'll get them all so please do that tell a friend tell your dad so on and so forth Um, after that 
uh, I should head over to our website because on, on our on our blog uh, at creative-writing.com. Excuse me. I think I have some uh, events posted up on the front page. Um, I like there's. I think I might have Born Free on there that's coming up in August. There's a couple more things coming up later in the year. But you, uh, I do want to announce that IMS Outdoors got changed a little bit. LA was supposed to be the first stop on the tour uh, early in July or maybe even late in June. I forget. Yeah, I think it was the weekend before July 4th. So regardless of when it was supposed to happen, what has happened is that that got canceled. Um, I think it was supposed to take place at the Five Point Amphitheater here in Irvine. And they decided that they're only going to do music venues uh, for the rest of 2021 until things cool off and get all the way back to normal. Um, And so they postponed it. And now the SoCal stop is going to be the last one on the stop. So... Uh, that's kind of exciting because by the time it comes around in November is usually the time that the IMS uh, tour season would have started. So maybe we'll get some of these 2021 and early announcement 2022 bikes for, uh, you know, for this year, for July, for the, the summer months uh, when it kicks off. Because now it's going to start July 16th through 18th up in Sonoma. So now maybe we'll get to see some of these 2021 bikes that have been hanging out. You know, of course, the... The uh, Super Tenere uh, 700 was announced as a 2021 way back in 19. So there's already a few bikes that are like, hey, we're going to be 2022s that we heard about, you know, last winter. But maybe we'll see the actual 2022s released now at the uh, the IMS Outdoors, <coughs> excuse me, when it comes back here to Southern California. And so maybe this is a cool opportunity for IMS because now maybe they'll be showcasing 2021 bikes. And then instead of having to stop the tour, 2022 bikes come out and they don't get a debut until next summer, you know, when everybody's already read about them and heard about them. Maybe they'll actually be coming out uh, right as the tour is ending. So that's a perfect time, uh, IMS, uh, inadvertently in your favor. It's like drawing the uh, one of those cool community uh, chest cards in... Um, in Monopoly. I think those are the good ones. Anyway, it's a good fortune. Um, so yeah, stick around for that. And then we will, we're going to try and go, I don't know if I'm going to try and go to the one in Sonoma. I would love to, uh, July is going to be pretty open, I think as far as, uh, the summer, but, uh, definitely November is going to be an awesome time. Perfect time of the year. Uh, hopefully there's no forest fires <laughs> uh, that time of the year down in SoCal. So that ought to be awesome riding weather also for uh, some awesome 22 test rides and, and, and bike announcements. Um, all right. Well, with that, let's move on to our next segment. Try to keep this, keep this show going. Without Tobo here to stare at and insult me, I should be moving pretty quick. Um, the next segment of the show we're going to talk about is the word of the week. We're bringing the word of the week back this year. And I know we probably skipped it last week. I totally, totally flubbed on it. Um, and speaking of the women's motor show, I was supposed to call. I, I was touching base with um, Alicia a couple times uh, over the past few weeks when she was like before she was in a rush to get out the door. Uh, her book had come out and I really wanted to talk to her about her book um, and the women's motor sh- the upcoming women's motor show well now boom things have happened she's dr- literally driving there to Texas as we speak so there's no way I'm going to get to talk to her now unless I catch her 
at the show and uh, I want to do like a live report from the show, see how it's going. But maybe we'll have her on afterwards. I'm going to touch base with her again. I totally dropped the ball and I got busy with work and then traveling and the Motorcycle Podcast was challenged and all that great stuff. So we'll talk about that. Um, so how, how did I stray off that? Without Tobor here to insult me, I shouldn't have strayed. <laughs> but I digress. Word of the week. Word of the week. That's uh, that's where we're at. So this week's word of the week is training, and it's official now. Yay! I just rang the bell on our boss hoss, uh, our 2002 boss hoss. Um, yeah, so training. Speaking of training, uh, I would like to say uh, I've been doing a lot of writing the past few weeks, being at the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge, three-week challenge. I think we talked about it enough before where I don't need to go over what it is again. But I did want to say that uh, I have been doing a lot of riding, a lot of low-speed riding, getting back into uh, you know some of the skills that I have not even had the chance to practice since I was a wee nipper after getting my old uh, what's it called? You know you do the you do the training when you're getting your uh, safety course and, and your license and all that stuff. So I really haven't done any low-speed maneuvers since way back then. Uh, and I just want to say I've been putting all those to the challenge. I, once in a while, I do like to go around and rip figure eights on Spamula, but on my SCR 950, I'm scared of dropping this thing and blowing out a knee, or I'm scared of it tipping too far and I put my knee out just like, yeah, I'll catch myself. And all 550 pounds comes down on my knee that weighs, if you separate my knee from the rest of my body, it probably weighs about one and a half pounds. So that's outnumbered quite a bit, 550 to one, you know, so... Um, I think it might blow out if I were to try and stop myself from falling. So regardless, what I'm, I guess what I'm getting at is training and whether it's training your mind to be more, cause I've also been doing a lot of, um, freeway riding and lane splitting lately. We'll talk about that later. Um, training your mind, but also keeping your body in training and just training your, um, your, the, the mental, you know, the mental aspect of riding is probably the most important. So just keep yourself uh, fit, keep your skills up. You know, your skills has nothing to do with your ability to put your leg down if you're gonna crash. Your skills has to do with the mental capacity to realize I'm not gonna crash even though I'm at full lock because I could feather the clutch, give it enough throttle and counterbalance myself and do a really tight figure eight on this big old bike when I'm used to doing it on bicycles and smaller displacement motorcycles. So, Word of the week this week being training. Uh, my uh, my advice is get out there and practice your low speed stuff. If you haven't practiced it in a while, if you're brand new to riding um, or just getting back into it after a really crappy 2020, go out there before you hit the streets. You know you can ride in a straight line at 80 miles an hour. Anybody can do that. A, a blindfolded, armless chimpanzee with the... Uh, Since their hands, you know, their feet are like hands, they can twist the throttle and actuate the clutch and and do 80 miles an hour in a straight line all day long. Can they turn and cut a figure eight on a big old, you know, road glide? I doubt it. So get out there and practice your slow speed skills, your sharp turns, your full lock, looking over your shoulder where you want to go, not target fixating stuff. Um, especially since I know riding season is in full swing, even for places like Minnesota and Wisconsin. And, uh, yeah, so get out there and do all that great, great fun jazz. All right. We got about three minutes till we're going to take a break. So what else can I tell you about real quick here? Um, the news we're going to, well, we'll, we'll take a little quick commercial break. 
and then we'll come back with the news because there is no way that I want to get into the the news with just three minutes to go. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with more creative writing right after this. that smell they're at it again the folks at rp enterprises solving two world problems with one great solution you got a hankering for some of grandma's hush puppies sure you do they're delicious you love them well how about solving world hunger and the pet overpopulation problem with one easy simple tasty solution fist puppies from rp enterprises never have to listen to a sarah mclaughlin song again about it Fist Puppies, available only at Hetty's on 4th Street. Tired of hanging out in the garage with buddies and not knowing what they're talking about? Do you have inferior knowledge of carburetors or electrical systems? What about grilling beef, guns, or other manly things? Now RP Enterprises has you covered. Introducing Mantriloquist. Mantriloquist is a monthly subscription service that puts an expert right in your head. The next time you're in the garage throwing back some suds with your buds and the conversation takes a turn into uncharted waters, just text pound 33976 on your cell phone and wait for the magic to happen. The experts in our call center are available 24 hours a day. They spring into action via our patented two-way earpiece. They'll listen in on your conversations to make sure you don't sound like the village idiot in front of your friends. Our discreet communications protocol means that your pals won't hear a thing except for you delivering all the right answers. Now, you don't have to be afraid to join the conversation when topics come up like fuel pumps, inverters, clitoris, drywall, sniper rifles, and so much more. Mandriloquist will put you back in the game instead of holding your purse in the corner. So, man up with Mandriloquist. Requires a three-month minimum subscription. Not available for women. They generally don't care or are not afraid to ask questions. Not available in Guam or Burkina Faso. Standard messaging and data rates apply. Money back guaranteed. Call now to order. I need to learn about clitoris. O-M-G. Oh, jeez, I deserve that one. All right, everybody, welcome back to Creative Writing. We're going to get into some news. You got that right. And we're going to listen to a song recorded by me called Monkey Butt. You want to hear it for a second? I'll let you hear it for a second. That's right. Now, that song was inspired by uh, Supercross down in San Diego a couple years back. The food there was disgusting. I might as well have eaten monkey's butt. All right. Well, let's get into uh, this week's news segment. There is quite a bit going on. Uh, listen, some interesting developments came up the last few weeks, and uh, let me sit up straighter. If Tobor was here, he'd be berating me for not sitting up straight, but, uh, god damn it, I gotta say, the shock mount on this this motorcycle, on this uh, microphone, I am manhandling this thing right now, and you can't, you can't even hear it. Oh, god, or is it manhandling me? God. BDSM with the the microphone here. Uh, (laughs) BDS microphone. All right. Let's get into this week's news. So, big news this week. We we interviewed Chris McIntyre, I think, at the 2018 IMS show or 2019 IMS show. I forget. Uh, 2018, I believe. Uh, we, we interviewed the CEO of Eagle Rider, and we asked him how he started the company. Back then, they were making some, some moves. They were doing some big plays. He said he was ready to take over the world, and we were joking with him about it. Well, guess what, folks? He done took over the world. Have you heard of Eagle Share? 
Oh, listen to this. Eagle Rider. If you don't know what Eagle Rider was, um, go back and listen to 2018 Recap. Uh, his story to us was that he knew some people that came came over from Germany that just wanted to ride big motorcycles around the United States. It's, it's like a dream uh, for a lot of people that vacation here to take a transcontinental tour on an American icon, an American classic, like an Indian motor. Oh, I'm in a Harley Davidson. And uh, that's how he started the company way back. I think it was 92 or 93 was trying to fulfill that dream for people getting a few rental motorcycles together for people. And now you can rent everything, all sorts of power sports and all sorts of motorcycles from him. Uh, a few years ago when we were giving away the flat track tickets, I was talking to Darwin Yeager, who was at the time the Law Tigers rep. And he went down and rented like some CRF 250. Uh, he was an awesome dirt rider, by the way. And he went down and just rented a dirt bike from uh, uh, Eagle Rider. And, and a lot of people think they're just Harleys because of the name Eagle and Rider. Um, and he's guess what? They, they rent all sorts of stuff. So now Eagle Share is the latest and greatest to come out. Eagle Rider expands from a rental company to include a sharing service based on successful sharing models like Airbnb and Turo, uh, according to Chris McIntyre. <coughs> also, Twisted, <coughs> Twisted Road and <coughs> Rider Share. <coughs> Sorry. Sorry, I had to get that out of there. Uh, so similar to the way that motorsport magazines and motorcycle industry leaders had it, have infiltrated the podcast space, and I told this to Liza Miller at Motorcycles and Misfits a while back. I said, you wait till... Uh, you know, all these magazines, now that podcasting is becoming super easy and they're making apps to do it, you know, uh, and it's not so hard anymore. You watch, and sure enough, Revzilla has a podcast, Cycle World Dudes have a podcast, uh, you know, Moto America has a podcast, and every yokel that can make an Instagram pro- profile has a podcast. So it's not, not really that complicated to do anymore. And guess what? Just like that, big big companies coming into the share space or into the podcast space. Now, Chris McIntyre is bringing the full 29-year uh, industry experience and reputation to the table into the share space. And people all over, uh, if you ask Twisted Road... They don't have trikes on there. They have motorcycles specifically. If you ask Ryder Share, uh, we have we had Guillermo on the show a long time ago when, when that company was first starting up. I know he's been on a few other podcasts since, but we had him. Uh, Jordan Diggs actually got him on here right away when he was first starting that company up. Um, and I believe it was just motorcycles at the time. No scooters, I don't think. Um, Ryder, uh, Eagle Rider, they have a whole bunch of crap. Eagle Share, even more crap. From what I read, you can get power sports of all sorts. You can get snowmobiles, side-by-sides, you know, anything that, that the, the, the members of, of Eagle Share want to put on there is you can get. So that's what type of leverage uh, Chris McIntyre is bringing to, the, to the, uh, the Eagle Rider and Eagle Share environment is sounds like they're going to be pretty crazy, a pretty big, uh, you know, it's a standard basically a standard of insurance that we've talked to uh, Austin Rothbard from Twisted Road about. We talked to Guillermo Conejo, Cornejo uh, from Ridershare and his, his was the same thing. They all provide excellent uh, coverage for liability and you, you better believe, you better bet your bottom ass and dollar 
the Eagle Share and Eagle Rider is bringing that same liability. So 29 years of industry experience and reputation coming to the table, folks. Keep that in mind next time you're looking for a ride share and uh, somebody else doesn't have what you're looking for. Uh, next, this is some news. I, I haven't heard anybody talk about this yet, so I'm going to yap about it. Um, the Livewire brand. And, and to be honest, I haven't listened to a lot of the motorcycle podcasts that I normally listen to this week. If they've talked about this, yay, hats off to them. If nobody has, tell them you heard it here first. All, four, all six people that are listening to this right now are going to have, have this info and take it and do what you will with, with it. Livewire. We've all heard, you know, it was the biggest flop. Pan America now is the big Harley buzzword, but the Livewire was there for a hot second, you know, like last. It came out in 19 for 20, and 2020 came and went like a shitty <laughs> dumpster fire. So guess what happened to all the cool bikes with it? Nothing. They languished, and we already had fears that the Livewire might languish based on who they're trying to sell it to. So just this week, well, last week, I guess now, because these notes are from uh, when I was going to record the show on Friday, Harley-Davidson announced that it would be spinning the live wire into its own brand beginning in 2022. So part of the uh, IMS Outdoors, you better damn well hope they have some 2022 live wires there. That means, or that's, I'm assuming what this means, this is my assumption, that the 2020 Harley-Davidson live wire model will be the only 20, or will be the only Harley-Davidson electric offering because now the Livewire brand will be its own thing, sort of like Buell was. And you wouldn't call Buell a Harley, would you? No, because a Harley guy, I'll punch you in the fucking face if you do. Um, Buell was its own thing. And even after, even when they started using Rotax before they got the door closed on them by Harley, they were already branching out with different motors. So was Buell a Harley? Not all the way, just the motor for the most part. Uh, so Livewire is going to be the same thing. Is it going to be a Harley? No, it's going to be Livewire... Um, so this Harley Davidson live wire that's on the website right now, I'll be the first one to grab it up because it's going to be the one and only Harley Davidson live wire that you're going to get. After that, you're just going to have the live wire brand. And, and hopefully, I think there's a couple things that might happen here. This is, again, my speculation. Um, I speculate that the Harley Davidson live wire is going to be the only Harley Davidson electric offering. I, uh, I suspect and assume that the Livewire brand will feature the original as a base model. So I don't think they're going to change it. Or if they do, they're not going to change it much. Uh, and that'll be the base model Livewire. Uh, and then anything else will be a sub-model or variant. And they may have completely new electric platforms. Like maybe Livewire means small displacement electric bikes too. Like little scooters and uh, dirt bikes. Like the uh, Zero FX or something like that. Who knows? So this may come as no surprise to some who saw the Livewire struggling to find a market both within the HD loyal and EV enthusiasts who, to be honest, aren't looking to Harley-Davidson to be the one to guide them on what's the forefront of uh, electric technology. But also, this is the crazy thing. Uh, the Tesla Model 3 is like only a third more of the Livewire's price tag currently. And, and at one time, it was only a few thousand dollars more than what the Livewire is going for. So think of this. The Tesla Model 3... What's the live wire? Thirty thousand bucks. So cut a third off that. The Tesla Model Three is selling for, I guess, like forty thousand bucks. So for ten thousand dollars more, uh, or less than the price of a Sportster, you're gonna get uh, an electric vehicle that has like, I don't, I forget how many horsepowers at each wheel. It's all-wheel drive. I think the Model Three is all-wheel drive. Um, 
and it seats four people. So, mm, and it goes a hell of a lot farther than the live wire does for, for a third more of the live wire's price. So that's not a good, you know, that's why it's struggling to gain, uh, gain traction. So even more fingers are likely to point to the shaky relationship that Harley Davidson had with Eric Buell and how keeping them at arm's length allowed the motor company a way to ditch uh, what was seen as a losing business venture. And HD has already spun the Serial One electric bicycles into its own company. And it says Serial One, and then, you know, Harley Davidson's not on there anywhere, as far as I know. So the Serial One is its own company, and they did that so that drunk dads at chopper shows don't have to admit that the same company who makes their hog also makes exercise equipment, right? And bicycles. So, uh, yeah, and, and electric bikes, because ain't no, ain't no, uh, you know, potato, potato brand that I ride is going to be making an electric bike. And that's maybe why Indian hasn't pulled the trigger a little bit faster on their, uh, Bramo impulse or, or, uh, victory impulse, um, technology that they own, or maybe it's already outdated. Who knows? And they need to upgrade it. Who knows? At any rate, uh, I see this as an easy way for Harley to crush this live wire brand and serial one brands if they prove not to be too fruitful in the next few years, but I think they really should. They're, they're building a gigafactory in San Francisco of their own, or like, not a gigafactory, but they're building a Harley-Davidson campus specifically for electric vehicle development. So I really do think that they're going to spin the Livewire brand off. They're going to come out with like some electric cruiser that is so huge and big that you can put a ton of batteries on it and get some pretty good decent mileage out of it. So we'll see. Uh, at any rate, speaking of Harley-Davidson and Buell and, and other Buells, uh, bringing back Buell. So Asphalt and Rubber featured an article back in March when the internet broke after the announcement that Buell was coming back. And it was called The Foolishness of Resurrecting Buell Motorcycles. And the announcement was made that EBR had acquired the Buell name, basically, from Harley-Davidson Motor Company. The parent company, uh, Liquid Asset Partners, uh, then CEO Bill Melvin stated that Buell would be starting production of motorcycles full-time again with hopefully... And they didn't say definitely. They said hopefully 10 new models available by 2024. So that's a pretty good outlook, you know, to tweak a few things, call it a different model. I could see 10 new models by 2024. Uh, how expensive and how, you know, the dealership uh, network, that's always been a thing for emerging brands and a really hard way to take off. And ain't nobody going to be looking at Buell as like, oh, excited about, you know, <laughs> Buell, I don't think. So that's going to be a hard part. Maybe they'll go the Tesla model and sell directly to you. I don't know. But anyway, LAP or Liquid Asset Partners took control of EBR after Buell announced that he would be shuttering the company in early 2015. And they bought most of the rights and the tools and continued to make parts available to current EBR owners. And I believe they fulfilled work orders and build orders that were in process. I, I can't remember 100%, but I do know that they bought as much tooling and as much stuff and, and said we're going to be making parts for those bikes that are out there on the road. Now, to put the final nut on the bolt, they have now bought the Buell name from Harley-Davidson. So they're not just EBR and Eric Buell Racing. They now also have the Buell name and all the rights that uh, goes with that, and they could use it. And I'm not going to throw money at uh, the a &R website for a paid opinion, 
but A&R Pro readers get to read Jensen Beeler's insights as to why this is foolish. I don't know why it's foolish. Uh, would you say that like trying to start Modus back up would be foolish or bringing any of the um, American brands that have uh, kind of tried to start up and, and fallen down like Alta or anything like that, bringing them back is foolish. So I think they just don't like Beals. Um, and this same guy... Right, this Jensen Beeler fella who was in a panic when Ducati was supposedly going to get bought by Harley Davidson, uh, and in my opinion would, uh, and this is my unpaid opinion, um, he would most likely be over the moon. Like if Ducati or Kramer went out of business and made an unlikely comeback, you know, Ducati was on the rocks there for a while, and now that the FBI is investigating the USA headquarters for whatever reason, we still don't know. Um, I think if they went out of business, he'd be he'd be you know, frantically hoping that they came back. So it's not impossible, you know, for Ducati to, they don't sell that many motorcycles, Jensen, and they can, um, they can go out of business. I think you would like to see them come back. So at any rate, I think that it's nice that Bill Melvin is, uh, has said from the get-go, from the day he bought EBR, you know, five years ago or whatever it was, and everyone had their doubts what was going to happen. He said, I'm really a motorcycle enthusiast. And even though I do handle the acquisition and liquidation of other companies, I'm a, uh, me and my sons, I believe, are, are all enthusiasts. And we would love to see this um, happen. So I think that they're like in... Uh, they're in Minnesota or Michigan or maybe they're in Wisconsin. I don't know. I think they're up somewhere in the Midwest, the northern Midwest there. So um, Buell will be, be being made not too far from its original home. Uh, let's keep moving on here. Um, Our World debut 518. So by the time this goes out, it will be 518. Um, this Our World tease. I've been seeing teases for something that's going to shock the, the Our World now. R being the Yamaha R3s, 1, 6, all that fun stuff. Well, could we see an R7? Could the Our World be being shook up by the return of the YZF? R7. Well, last year, Yamaha dropped the R6 from its lineup. You know, it's one of those bikes we should do a special on what a 2020 kill. Um, the R6 got dropped, and the CBR600RR, you know, we'll talk about that in a sec. So anyway, they dropped it from the lineup to the d- dismay of many uh, Yamaha loyalists and track-slash-stunt riders alike because there is a pretty robust private super sport um, excuse me club uh and professional you know professional racing um class so when they dropped it from the lineup that whole class is like "Ooh, what's going to happen now for yamaha riders the same thing that happened to the cbr riders basically when they didn't bring the new cbr over so honda didn't import the latest greatest cbr 600 rr to the u.s leaving many in the super sport community feeling like the class was going away and there's been rumors that 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 class is going to be dropped for a long time so that's actually been brought up quite a few times over the past few years but finally it seemed like a reality when the Honda doesn't bring the CBR, Yamaha drops the R6. You start thinking, what the hell's going on here? Here's what I think. Um, actually, let me finish my notes and then I'll tell you what I think. So, um, last week I received a few teasers from Yamaha informing me to stay tuned for today. But not much more than that. They had some really vague videos and they showed a blue bike. But the blue bike it could be a r125 coming over from japan to you know do like the 
Duke 125 and the MT 125. You know, they do have an MT 125 in Europe, and I asked about that. They said it's not likely to be coming to the States, but I thought, well, maybe they are going to do it with an R, you know, so. Um, but a blue, a blue bike that says R, that could be anything. But last week, I had read somewhere that there was some carb filings for a 700cc sport bike that had been uncovered by a super journalist. And as of a couple days ago, when I wrote these notes, I had seen a handful of YouTube videos from somewhere in Asia. There was no English subtitles, and it's not uh, a language that I recognized. Um, so it's, I, I don't know where it was coming from. It could have been some uh, Indian dialect that I don't uh, understand, or like Myanmar or somewhere like that that I don't 100% um, recognize the language. But I do know that it was somewhere in Asia, uh, probably Southeast Asia that shows um, or Southwest Asia that shows a blue and, and a black Yamaha with R7 emblazoned on the side so if you think about it this makes sense to me with all the shifts up in displacement across the board and I'm talking for all classes and all manufacturers 10s becoming 1050s uh, famously the uh, R1200GS getting bumped up again to R1250GS um, Harley Davidson Sportster engine matching that I shouldn't say Sportster it's the new Revolution Max or whatever they're calling what's in the Pan America uh, getting bumped up from what typically has been Harley's uh, staple for its uh, street bikes as a 1200 getting bumped up to 1250 uh, and everybody's doing it you know V-Strom uh, CRF250 and 250 Rally is now the CRF350. Everybody's bumping up displacement. So you're going from a 6 Ninja R6 to a, GS, uh, a R7, that doesn't, it's not a huge shock to me if that's what actually is happening. Um, and it also makes sense to me because not only are these uh, manufacturers bumping up across the board, Moto2 riders right now are on 765 Triumph motors. You know, they have different builders for the chassis and, and everything else, but the motors are 765s. So it's a logical step up for Supersport class to move to like 750s, right? And Honda, they haven't had a 750 sport bike in a minute, at least that I can remember, but they'll be one of the only brands who doesn't have a sport bike ready in the seven to 800 CC range. And Kawasaki, Kawasaki, um, rhymes with broccoli. Hopefully they have some old Z800s laying around that they can kind of revamp and call a 750. Suzuki famous for never changing anything. They're way ahead of the game with the GSXR 750 still in production way long after all of the other OEMs got rid of their uh, 750s. Um, but even a stopped clock is right twice a day, right? So we'll just have to see what comes out today or tomorrow, depending on if I get this out in the next uh, 15 minutes. Nope, it's, it's midnight. Woo! So yeah, we'll have to see what happens today. Is Yamaha going to change the Super Sport game by raising it somewhere between 100 and 50 cc's? Because I don't, I don't think there's any 650 Super Sport bikes. I think the R6 is an R6. I think the Yamaha or the uh, Kawasaki ZX6 is a 636. It's not the Ninja 650. And I think Yamaha or Honda's uh, 600 is right around there. So will this be a 700? Will we be seeing a shift up? 
in a for a hundred cc bike, you know? And will Suzuki just be like, yeah, well, we still got this GSXR 750 that is still awesome. I don't know. Uh, it might be a restyled R6 that's Euro 5 compliant with more weight and up power that gives it the same power to weight as the Blast version, which is what everybody's pretty much doing. Um, if that's what it is, if it's just a restyled R6 and they're just like, hey, we dropped the R6, but here it is. Yay, like the Hayabusa, you know, everything, the KLR, the Hayabusa, all this stuff. I give up and I'm going to go to electric right away because it's more interesting at this point. No more of this crap just happening over and over and over where they're just, we're just getting the same bikes revamped every few years. I ain't down with it. I ain't down with it. All right, everybody. 51 minutes in. We can do this. Let's take a quick break, and I will come back with the last portion of the show, which uh, if you were in it for the news and the serious stuff, now is your time to leave. It's been fun having you on the show. Please send us something cool for Solstice Slam. Uh, If you're ready for some hijinks and some total poopy, um, poopy times, stick around after the break, and we'll be right back with the second half of the show here on Creative Fart House. Bye! Well, not bye, but bye for like 30 seconds. Take Millman's. I took some the other day to stay awake while riding, and it was brutal. <laughs> Very brutal. All right, everybody, welcome to uh, the second half. Or I'm going to call this the third trimester. How about I call it the second trimester or fourth trimester? That'll really mess with your mind. Welcome back to the fourth trimester, uh, uh, the creative writing. This is our main topic, by the way. Um, over the last couple weeks, you may have heard Recycle Garage, Cleveland Moto, and Nokomoto all slamming each other's take on the list. That's it. That's the list, the top 10 bikes in some category or other. They were started by the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast, and uh, then no- or Cleveland Moto decided it really sucked. Nokomoto decided that list sucked, and they weren't happy with it. And then uh, it got back to recycled. Well, since nobody and none of those guys and nobody in the world, there, there's like the six of you that are with me here. I should just invite you in here as a live studio audience one day. Um, the six of us will get a kick out of this. This is the actual list that should have uh, should have taken place. And this comes to us from Liza and Bagel's own, own mouth. My list here... 
uh, was in response to what someone said about scooters, which let uh, which all have leg shields. They're all terrible uh, for for this next thing. So let's hear. Let, let's go to the clip first. We're going to go to the the recycled motorcycle uh, garage out of Sunny Santa. Cruz, California. We're going to hear what uh, was said on their show about scooters and uh, bagel. Now, I, I will I will say that the aerodynamics of a scooter does give a, a quite quite a breeze onto the crotch area. But <laughs> but I do not have a vagina, so I, I don't know what that's like. So basically, someone had ripped on scooters saying that scooters are only for people who are men who want to feel wind on their vagina. And I got to say, that was a bad rip. Liza stood up for him, and then Liza came out with this bit of audio gold. Um, but, yes, it can be quite cooling in in, uh, in the summer breeze. I will say, if one does want to feel a breeze on their vagina... Um, <laughs> Ride without pants. I don't know if this <laughs> scooter is my first choice. I think I would go with something that you really have to spread your legs far, like a Harley. Um, so right there, that should have been the list. That should have been the list that all of these podcasts were talking about. The top 10 bikes to feel the breeze on your vagina is what we're going to cover this week. Now, scooters... They have leg shields. They are terrible for getting wind on your vagina. So let's create the top 10 list that should have been in the first fucking place rather than all this other shit that these three podcasts had to feel like they had to go around rubbing dicks and butts and vaginas on each other to prove whose was better, right? Who has the bigger cod piece, I guess? Who has the bigger uh, whatever they want to rub on, uh, and, and spit in the wind and, and pull on each other's capes, right? So here's the deal. This is the top 10, the top 10 list that cannot be undone. And since I know none of them are going to ever listen to this, this is going to be pretty fun. All right. Drum roll, please. Oh, God, I wish Tobor was here right now. He could hit the drum roll for me. I'm actually going to have to like edit some of this. Alright folks, here we go. Top 10 list coming at you. Drum roll, please. And number 10. Coming in at the last is the Suzuki B-King. That's right, the Suzuki B-King. Look it up, assheads. It's a bike named King, but built for a queen. While its wonderfully counterbalanced engine won't do anything for you in the vibrations department, the turn signal clad intakes at the front will turn you inside out if you're positioned just right. And on cold days, squeeze a tank to keep your giner warm. But on summer days, spread them wide and let the airflow get directed down south and out back, baby. Hey, better yet, cut a hole in the back of the right air scoop and you might just whistle. <laughs> oh, wow. It's good writing, me. Uh, number nine is Dan Gurney's Alligator. I'm going to turn the sound effect. The drum rolls a little loud. All right, there we go. Dan Gurney's Alligator. And while this one seems like a little counterintuitive, given that you're sitting behind the heat-producing motor, you know, like that should be blowing right on your nether reasons and your face, it seems more likely that you'll steam your clam rather than cool your cooter. But it's the natural recumbent position of the seat 
that puts it on this list. You might as well be in your gyno's chair with the 80 mile per hour fan aimed right at your coochie since the leg position and knee placement guides the atmosphere to your rear and literally chaps your lips. Oh! <laughs> All right, number eight. Come on. Number eight, the Honda DN01. Whether you call it the Rolling Shark, the Bat Bike, the Big Red Failure, whatever you want to call it, the DN01 featured a front fairing that angled up slightly at the back and was per- perfect for leaving a gap for the rider's legs, resting on the forward footboards. It was just just engineered perfectly to deliver a fresh stream of air to the pelvic region. And the DN01 would basically become the NM4, uh, but it lacked the NM4's uh, bulky front end, which really guided wind away from uh, from your legs and your and your body. And also those weird side wind deflectors that kind of went over the front part of the engine, which did an additional duty of keeping air off the rider in an attempt for uh, cheesy aerodynamics and keeping your leg inside the air bubble there. So it actually engineered air away from you where the DN01 with its upswept back actually created like a little tunnel for the air to slide right in there for. All right. Um, number seven. Number seven is the Triumph Thunderbird. Now, while the Daytona and the Sprint families were sport-minded, and fared for perfect aerodynamic fluidity, they're not so great for cooling down the crease. But the Thunderbird, on the other hand, with its open cockpit, (laughs) pardon the expression, and its akimbo footrest position, this bike was made for letting the wind blow across the bogs. (laughs) Yeah. Woo! Yeah! And I could probably could have put any Harley in here, but the Triumph Thunderbird, baby, it's wide at the bottom like the SCR is, and it just keeps your legs spread wide open. Uh, number six. All right, number six. Thanks for the sound effect punch. Uh, any Harley Davidson that's not a V-Rod or a Sportster. Now, actually, this one is different. This is this one is not good for feeling the wind on your vagina. Um, Sportsters and V-Rods, one's water-cooled and one's a small motor that gets its open, so that's fine. But actually, I have never seen more discussions online from men and women complaining about roasted pork loin. Now, it is a hog, by the way, so roasted pork loin is pretty apropos. Uh, I've never seen more complaining, you know, talking about this and that than I have in Harley-Davidson forums. And from Cyril Hughes to Cycle Parts Pro, there has never been so many, like even uh, OE Harley and then any aftermarket wind deflectors. Uh, I even saw a dude one time, I forget who was making them, uh, out of leather. He was tooling leather air deflectors to put there over that back cylinder to keep heat off your junk. And that's not even funny. It's so bad that the factory invented EITMS, I call it items, I don't know what they call it, but it's EITMS, which is Engine Idle Temperature Management System. They invented that crap in 2011 to shut the rear cylinder off at stoplights, and I think it's still available today. On, uh, I think my friend has a Road King, like a 2018 Road King, and I think if you like, you know, push the headlamp button four times, honk the horn, 
flip the key on and off and stick your finger up your butthole, uh, you can rotate the throttle forward at stoplights and it'll shut that back cylinder off because it's cooking your huevos, baby. You're going to have huevos uh, puñadas at the end of the day. And for women, you're just going to have flappy bacon down there. It's just going to look terrible and all hot and burnt. And it's not comfy. It makes for a terrible ride. It, it's it's burn, burning people's like crotches like not funnily, like like not as a not as a funny joke. It's actually legitimately causes some people harm uh, on the uh, that I've uh, seen on the inner nerds. All right, next bike number five, the Yamaha Seca Two. Now Seca that translates as the Spanish feminine form of the word dry. I'd say that's pretty accurate. The Seca 2's half-fairing, and streamlined half-fairing at that, will leave you drier than Laguna Seca, Rio Seco, Comida Seca, Playa Seca, any other dry thing that the Spanish have bothered to name. And it's also the perfect bike for feeling the breeze on your vagina because the seat comes up right where the tank comes back, and they both form this wall that prevents anyone with a dick or balls from riding it. So I've only, I think only people with vaginas can ride that to begin with, and it's the perfect cooling machine, the way that streamlined fairing just brings the wind right to Windy Valley. Ooh, I just made that up. All right, number four. Oh, Jesus. The Aprilia Dorso Duro 900. The Dorso Duro, which I, I'm pretty sure translates into hardback? Sounds kinky already. If that's right, this is the perfect bike for feeling that gentle breeze throwing, blowing through the valley. It's got a high seat position and low bars, and it actually puts you into the ergonomic bliss that even the designers of the world's most efficient wind farm couldn't have engineered. And then arch your back a little bit, like you're trying to get that perfect perfect shot for your OnlyFans uh, picture, and the effect is multiplied. Check it out, the Aprilia Dorsa Duro 900. Look at that bike and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Bike number three. Woo, the Aprilia 175 Special. Yeah, it's another Italian. Surprise, surprise. Uh, getting it moist as well as cool, probably. Listen, moist, uh, mo- moist classics. Woo, okay, crazy here. Most classics. Most classics are open, no fairings, unless it was an old dustbin fairing racer. But this little number has a specifically designed fuel tank. If you go look, go online, look at a Perea. Um, 175 special. It's got a special gas tank. I'm sure these little channels were for your arms to go in um, and hug the tank with, but the, they are these little channels in the, in the tank that guide air like a diffuser on a race car, and the channels on the sides gently inspire the air to glide into the crotch area. So get inspired, ride a Perea. Um, bike number two. Kawasaki ZXR 400. So anybody that sees a ZXR of any displacement, you're going to know what I'm talking about. It's got a couple of tubes that look like they came off the shelf at the local home improvement store for your dryer or for your washer or, or, you know, depends on what you use it for. Um, But pop one of the hoses off and let it flap around, delivering fresh air to all parts of the torso, but basically your genitals. Or find an old ZXR, and finding one with the hoses still intact is rare in most cases anyways. So just take one, go down to the home improvement store, grab a little piece of tube, and point it straight toward the south. Baby, it'll know what to do. Air air always flows toward the stank. (laughs) So, the hot stank. Trust me, I lived in the, the south well, uh, you know, was born there and uh, grew up there, and and it's uh, it's muggy down there. The air knows exactly where to go. 
It's like it seeks out the hottest uh, part, pulls it off. All right. Are we ready for bike number one, folks? We're at the top of the list or the bottom of the list, depending on how you're looking at it. Let's get to it. Bike number one. Extended drum roll, please. Oh, this turbo was here to do this. Number one bike that should have been on Motorcycles and Misfits, Cleveland Moto, and Nokomoto's list for getting degrees blowed on your vajayjay. Turns out it's a scooter. Turns out after all of that, almost any given scooter is still better for the feeling of the breeze on your vagina. And if you're familiar, I'm going to explain to you why right now. If you're familiar with the aerodynamics and the principles of lift, you'll know that the high speed wind creates high pressure at the front side of the leg shields or what you might call the fairing. It creates high pressure on the front side. And what that does, if you're familiar with an airplane wing, you have high pressure on one side flowing by. That creates a unique low pressure pocket on the inside where your legs would go. And the open nature of most scooters, I mean, there's some Bergmans and maybe the Honda ADV 150 are exempted and the NM4, which is a big scooter. Some of some scooters where you sit, you straddle them are exempted, but most scooters have a cutout in the middle there. And that whole thing just becomes a, a pocket of fresh air uh, because it's an open area of low pressure and it creates updraft, it creates side draft, it creates flow, and it basically will generate massive amounts of airflow that do in fact blow across your vagina or at least across your lower body in general. So, folks, that was our top 10 list. And the top 10 list that all four of those motorcycle podcasts. Missed, I said all four. There's only three that <laughs> talked about it. But there's four There's four that missed out, and this show wasn't one of them. So when you're sitting there late at night with your buddies, drinking, talking about who could flow what across a vagina, just remember May is National Bicycle and Motorcycle and Scooter Awareness Month. May is also Balls Month, apparently, because of Gentleman's Ride. But also International Female Ride Day happens on the first day of May. And all these things wrapped up together means anyone, it's 2021, we shouldn't be assuming that anyone doesn't want to feel air blowing on their vagina. And uh, we shouldn't assume that scooters um, are the perfect tool for that. So with that, let's wrap up our list and get into our last segment of the show. Wrap it up and uh, put a little bow on it and tell you to fuck off for the week because that's what I'm about to do. Let's take a quick break and I'll be right back with some more Up Your Butt with a Coconut. By that, I mean some, like, news and stuff. For over 125 and a half years, no pickle has been more trusted by motorcycle champions everywhere than Clobman Pickles. You want to win your race? Put a Clobman Pickle in your face. Clubman's guaranteed. I'm not a Clubman, and I recommend Clubman pickles for the win. You heard, Mama. Put a Clubman's in your mouth and a championship trophy on your shelf. Clubman's the only pickle for motorcyclists. Clubman's pickles only for motorcyclists. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to creative writing we're gonna wrap up the show here in a few minutes uh but i did just want to give you a quick closeout and a quick 
um, update on the uh, Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. Um, last episode, we had just finished week one, and I believe I gave you a little recap that we were like in second to last place or something or somewhere around there. Shoot for second to last. Uh, now we are directly mid-pack. We are fourth out of seven. Uh, this is only week two. I don't know how our last week is going to add up here. Uh, but I did want to say thank you to the entire team. Some great gets. Uh, last week, I don't, I don't, I think I mentioned that I got caught up in a scooter rally during week one of the podcast, but I don't know if I mentioned that I also passed a stunter ride on the way home from that. If I did, I, sorry, I'm, I'm well over 130 something years old, 138, I think I turned this year. Um, and so uh, my memory is not what it used to be back when I was 80, you know? Uh, so anyway, I passed a, a ride and I just want to say how great it was to see people getting out and just see a bunch of people doing it without like being crazy there. I didn't see anybody crashing. They weren't like, they were on the freeway, but they were still doing like 40. They weren't like holding up traffic for nothing, but it was kind of cool to see the huge, what I felt like was, you know, a group of like 20 or 30 scooters that I was with felt pretty big. Uh, especially when they all crammed into one gas station. It's like seeing a bunch of cockroaches run under a paper plate. Well, seeing that group ride on the on the freeway was incredible. There was had to be like uh, you know 200 people. It was pretty pretty massive. And so there's been a lot of rides lately in SoCal, and it's been awesome to see that. It's been awesome to also get out and experience SoCal for a cause. And that cause is the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. It happens, it's going to be happening every year, barring another crazy global pandemic that has us locked down again. I doubt it. Um, but I did want to say uh, this week, some of the stuff that I, that I have noticed, I've been doing a lot, a lot of lane splitting over the past two weeks because I didn't report on last week's uh, adventure down to San Diego um, for part of Shoot for Last. Um, and yeah, so I rode down to San Diego, lane split both ways, going down and coming back. It was Mother's Day weekend, and I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but the traffic was complete and utter crap. Um, I see that Oregon is passing their lane splitting bill, or that it's got a little further in the house, uh, and I couldn't be happier for Oregonians, especially uh, if you have bad traffic. Um, the whole time I was ever, I've only been to Portland once and I took the, the metro and the buses everywhere. And trust me, we were fine. There was no traffic. So, uh, but anyways, it doesn't matter. Lane splitting is awesome. Um, it keeps you moving. If there's a dangerous situation, it lets you get out of it. Like, like this weekend, I'll talk about the forest fire that I rode through. Um, but anyway, yeah. So last week I went down to San Diego, beautiful weather. It was a little cloudy, um, but mostly a nice, a little overcast, uh, in the mornings, not a chilly ride down, not a chilly ride back. It was perfect. I don't, I, don't, I think I had my rain gear in, but I'm not hundred percent sure. I can't remember. Um, and no, no, that's right. I took it out. I took my rain gear out and I, us I usually, we don't have rain here in SoCal hardly ever, but I have had it in because of the wind. It's just nice. Like it's like wearing a windbreaker underneath your mesh ballistic jacket. So it is kind of nice to still have it on and keep the wind off you, uh, when, when it's a little bit cool, keeping from getting too cold. So I did have my rain gear out and my, uh, hoodie on underneath and it was perfect weather for that ride. Uh, down and back and like I said driving around getting the streets was the most fun part it was the driving uh, to and fro LA that really 
killed me. That was that was the rough part. And um, yeah, it was lane split central, man. And lane splitting on the 91, not fun. And if you if you follow the news for SoCal at all, you'll know that there's like. Uh, I took I took the 605 this weekend. I took the 91 down to San Diego. I don't really go on the 405, but I do go like on the 10 and the 60. And or for I'm sorry for all of you out of uh, state people, the interstate uh, high interstate five from Mexico to Canada uh, freeway, whatever. However the hell you guys say uh, five the five. We say the five, all right? That's something I wanted to say. I thought about a lot while I was riding this weekend. Uh, but anyway, there's been a lot of shootings on the freeways, all these freeways that I've been riding on. So luckily I didn't get caught up in any of that nonsense. Um, people with pellet guns, by the way, not like gang shootings or anything like that. This is people with pellet guns ticking cars on the freeway, probably bored kids. Um, so anyway, one thing I noticed was this week I looked at my um, – Biometrics from the trip down and the trip back. Posted on Instagram, you can see it there. My heart rate was up in the 140s, which is usually what it is. I, I have such a low resting heart rate, part of the uh, genetic mutation that the, the army did to me way back in like the 50s. F- 50 is a, is a good number for me because that's the year they did the mutations to me, but it's also what my resting heart rate usually is. Like, even when I'm startled, it's 50. So to see it up at 140 was shocking. And that was the hours when I was riding. And to see it spike and then go down and spike and go down. The spikes were, I think, when I was lane splitting. Um, lots of lane splitting. Pardon me, by the way. Lots of lane splitting, actually, on the way down um, and the way back. And and only brief periods where I was full throttle, you know. Uh, the nice thing about that is that it did save me gas. My bike only has three freaking gallons. And it uses those up pretty quick. I can't even make it from here to San Diego at a decent speed without having to stop somewhere in North County, uh, San Diego, to fuel up. It's ridiculous. I've never got this poor of gas mileage on anything, Uh, especially the donkey I used to ride. Um, So, yeah, uh, riding around, lane splitting, splitting, and the slow traffic at least slowed me down enough that I got pretty good gas mileage. I I do have to say that. Uh, let me see. So, let me see. Blah, 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. We're mid-pack. That feels about right. Our whole team. Yeah, that's what I want to say. The Flash Challenge. So, I think our whole team. MotoGP has been out with COVID this whole time. Beulah is doing what she can, when she can. So, it's really been me, Paul, Chad, and Nikki, and Chris Singsheim laying down the miles, getting the words, and... I feel like this is an awesome team. This has been a pretty consistent team. And I swear I saw Lance from um, Canada on the list, but I'm not sure. I haven't seen them tracking him. So I don't know if he actually did sign up or if, or if John just sent me, hey, this he wanted to be on that list. I don't know. But anyways, I feel like this has been a consistent team and a pretty solid team. And we've delivered some pretty good results over the last few years. So, guys, I'm really proud of the work you've been doing. And... Um, and so the whole team picked up the flash challenge last week, which is kind of like a makeup challenge. And it was to find a pinball machine. There's not very many of those around anymore. So all these people on the East Coast were picking them up left and right. But on the West Coast, uh, I think we had a few of us had to hunt for the last remaining places that have uh, real pinball, not video pinball, uh, around. So that was cool that we all picked up the pinball flash challenge. The flash challenge just means that you get to pick one of your letters and multiply it by 
itself, the letter value. So that was pretty cool. Um, this week, uh, I, oh yeah, and last week I did want to say that I hit like a friggin' pothole. I, I did. I was riding at night coming coming down the 210 freeway, and I hit this pothole that felt like it had to be like two feet across. Um, yeah, it just it, it looked really big as I was going over it, and I was doing like 80, 86 miles an hour somewhere around there. So when something looks like it's a foot, it's really probably like three feet. So I don't know how big or deep it was because I was flying down the freeway at night just trying to not, you know, keep keep my bearings about me. So I, I, I'm not 100% sure um, what the actual, like, dimensions of it was, but it was big enough that I felt the jolt and big enough that I was concerned about it bending my rim. And another reason why I'm so thankful for spoked wheels and not uh, your standard um, cast wheels. I'm pretty sure I would have been limping home with the with the busted spoke or busted uh, busted rim, and probably uh, been stranded on the side of the road. So got that out of the way. Got the crappy LA traffic out of the way. Um, and this week I went riding down. I covered three counties, folks. I went all the way down to. Orange County and got the Santa Nofre boobies, which was this this week the flash challenge was get a renewable energy uh, source. So I went and got the nuclear reactor at Santa Nofre. I don't know if it's still putting power out, but I know that it's still there and it's still got a bunch of wires coming out of it. So I just went and got that. Um, and then rode all the way up to Ventura County to get a street that started with X because apparently there's no X's around LA. For all the Spanish names and stuff that you you assume are in LA, uh, the city of Los Angeles, not very many X named streets. So I did that, and the whole time I was lane splitting, uh, I made a bunch of observations. Uh, it was crappy weather also this, this week. Um, so I made a couple observations. I also drove through this fire over in like Topanga Canyon, Pierce College area. Uh, and I don't know if Topanga Canyon and Pierce College are even close, but that's where I was hitting the smoke from. Right after I passed like, mm, not right after, but I passed Universal Studios and that's like the last major thing I remember passing before I started smelling smoke. And then I started freaking out because I'm driving into it and I don't know where it's at. And I, I apparently it's been burning since Friday and I'm riding on Sunday. I didn't know that. Um, I haven't watched the news lately. So I'm riding through this forest fire, you know, gagging, trying to hopefully not riding into it, you know, and, and nobody on the other side of the road's like pointing us away from it. So I figured we were all good, but the air quality was terrible. Visibility was terrible. And having that smoke up in your helmet, I got to tell you, pretty terrible. Uh, even turning my head and cracking the visor at 80 miles an hour didn't help much to get it out. So I just had to, had to wait for it to go away. Plus this weekend there's goddamn drizzle. And so it wasn't hardcore rain, but boy, was I glad I had my rain gear in. I had it in again, just for the wind factor to act like a windbreaker, but uh, did hit a couple po- uh, pockets of of heavy drizzle and uh, had to turn sideways to get the the water um, off my visor. So I didn't didn't really like this last weekend. Pretty crappy, pretty crappy ride. Long ride um, through three three uh, like I said three counties just to get two things. But whatever, it was nice to get out, and I actually kind of enjoyed lane splitting. Um, lane splitting on the one hundred and one, by the way very, very tough. And last time I had jury duty, I did it on the SCR and I think I banged my handlebars on a box truck because it's so narrow 
when you're on certain parts of the 101. Um, it's terrible. But what I did, uh, aside from making a couple observations that I can't unsee, was I thought about Jay a lot. Um, Jay, our old co-host, she lived in Long Beach and she worked in Culver City as well as like somewhere over here on the west side, some someplace in downtown uh, by Verstkush or something like that, um, over there in the arts district by Cyark and all that crap, um, fashion district, whatever you want to call it. She worked, that's a long, if you don't know LA in general, that's a lot of driving and riding to do in traffic all damn day long. And she was on her bike and she did put quite a, you know, she put thousands and thousands of miles, uh, under her belt before she had her accident. But I'm just thinking, I'm surprised she didn't have accident sooner. Um, and to go back to the word of the week of training, um, and to go back to my biometric readings that I did, I just want to say, stay, stay safe. Junkies tip this week is to stay healthy and maintain yourself because after seeing my elevated heart rate while I was splitting lanes and, and riding in general this past uh, couple weeks, riding is exciting and it can be really good exercise. And it's proof of that. And I know like if you ride dirt bikes and off road, you're even like manhandling or, you know, using a lot more body leverage and, and, and arm strength and core strength to maneuver than you are just sitting your big fat ass on your bike riding through traffic. Right. But splitting lanes and riding, um, uh, has taught me that, you know, if your mind is engaged, like riders, heart uh, racers, heart rates on, um, I think Moto America and Moto GP displays their heart rates live pretty, they get pretty high and you know, they're doing 200 miles an hour. The adrenaline's going, they're dicing through traffic, <laughs> trying not to crash and potentially have a life ending career. Their heart rates go pretty high too. So I get it. And when you're lane splitting and the car in front of you can like merge, even if they're not supposed to, uh, across the double yellows at any time, or if there's not double yellows and it's dotted and they they can just, you know, pull in front of you at any time, it does keep you aware and it keeps you heightened. So just keep in good shape exercise because you don't want your ticker to give out on you or cause you to start going out on you because it's starting to race and you're like getting dizzy headed and all that stuff. Um, even if you're young, you know, like you never know, you never know when, when you're going to get overwhelmed with, um, adrenaline or anything like that. So just, just stay good health wise, um, train your brain, most of all, that's what the training part's going to go about um, for the word of the week is don't train your body, train your brain. That's the, that's the most important muscle you have. And also stay in good uh, cardio health. If you know, Just for riding in general, if your heart rate's going to be going up, um, I bet most people don't know how high their heart rate is when they're splitting lanes, especially at high speeds. And not that I'm like doing 90 through the cars, but I'm not doing like 10, you know. Um, so yes, lane splitting, staying aware. You never know when someone's going to pull out and, uh, punch your card. You know, you got to stay awake and stay, uh, like sharp mentally because you got to be paying attention and you never know when you're going to get road fatigue and like not being ready to drive defensively or ride defensively. And that one car comes over and it's like, Oh, if I was more aware, I could have dodged it or like kind of read what they were doing before that actually happened. And now I'm so fatigued and tired. I'm just kind of staring down this line of cars and like eight cars pull in front of me, whatever the thing is just, uh, it made me think of Jay and all the miles that she did every day doing that stuff. And, um, I want to make myself, um, 
and make everybody that listens to the show just a little bit better uh, at what you're doing and, and make riding fun. Keep riding fun. Keep it healthy. And last but not least, let me see. I'm not going to really talk about the things that I observed on this week's show. I, I, I saw a lot of muscle cars. Maybe I'll, maybe uh, really quickly, I will say that BMW drivers, <laughs> they make it very evident that they're going to um, do anal with you with no lube. And I feel like that that's, I feel like there's two type of Beamer drivers, not by Beamer bikers. Cause Beamer bikers, there's like three types. There's the dude, I saw this on bike XF and now my R9T is like the best thing that's happened to me. That type of Beamer guy. That's just like an R9T hipster Beamer guy or girl. Um, the Beamer guy that's like, yeah, I just like to ride. You know, I like the BMWs for what they offer. And then there's the BMW guy that's like, oh, I ride it because it's a BMW. And I'm going to do you, <laughs> I'm going to coax you into anal sex without the lube, just like a BMW car driver would. Because car drivers, BMW drivers, I swear to God, if they're not the grandmas and grandpas that um, think they want a BMW until they have to pay for their first oil change, they're the fucking assholes that are just like, basically like, um, Fast and Furious boys, but but in BMWs. And I swear that's like the two types of drivers we have, at least here in Southern California. The BMWs uh, owners that are old people or got the cars because like Beamers are cheap for a little while and everyone's driving like a sedan, you know, the 325 series sedan. Or it's the dudes with the pimped out Beamer. I, I can't even tell you what it was, but it was like an M series something or other, like 550M or something. A probably an eight cylinder and and the badges weren't the black and blue BMW. They were like gold and black and so were the wheels. And I was like, you're a fucking tool. And he was driving like a tool as well, you know? So I was like, and then 18 more of them where I saw them all weekend. And I just thought those are the type of drivers that, you know, the BMW drivers that are famous for liking my car because of what it has and coaxing you into anal dry anal sex. <laughs> so not only that, but, um, yeah, a lot of good, a lot of cool bikes on the road. And I, I, I don't want to talk about, uh, anything else, be it crappy weather, potholes, nothing. I'll just, I'll just leave it with the Beamer drivers for now. Uh, with that, we're going to wrap up the show. Sorry, Tobor couldn't be here tonight, but he, like I said, he's out getting a, uh, a reboot with his friends, drinking some synthetic fluids of some sort. Uh, old junk's going to go hit the sack here pretty soon. It is uh, almost one in the morning, and I got to work real early in the morning. Uh, but this weekly challenge, I do want to say, get out and ride. Uh, if you're not part of the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge, if you have a podcast, by the way, or you start one this year, um, like get do do a few episodes because I think they I think their minimum is that you have to have ten episodes on air. So if you have like a, a half hour long show, make sure you do twenty episodes, um, and that you're the main host, um, or that you have other hosts that want to be on because everybody's got to have like a ten hour minimum, um, and then you have to have a team of three. Um, they don't all have to be podcast hosts or, or even podcast participants. It can be like me where there's one guy and then I have a whole bunch of listeners on my team. So, um, but take part in the motorcycle podcasters challenge next year. If you, if you uh, do, it's really fun. And, and basically it's just a reason to get out and ride. It's like a three week long poker tour that you don't have to be good at poker to play. You just have to find streets or city names or whatever the objective is and uh, go with that. So it's really fun. Um, and since you don't have that 
right now, just get out and ride. Enjoy this beautiful, cool weather that we're having, this extended um, winter slash spring for SoCal. Um, leave a review for the show, too. That's another uh, call to action is uh, leave a review if you could. Um, wherever, I just I don't care. I'm not really big into the reviews but i do like to know what you want to hear and what you're liking about it or what you don't like about it um so just leave a rating or review everyone says itunes because that helps you get noticed but there's thousands of places to be heard we're on spotify we're on soundcloud we're on google play we're on TuneIn, we're on stitcher um we're on podbean we're on apple itunes we are on um every you know every any any pod aggregator we're on i think we're on anchor too i'm not 100 sure but anyway uh tobor takes care of all that stuff but anyway yeah just get out there leave a review if you want send us a show idea got any good, cool ideas want to produce a segment do you know anybody that's really cool that does creative stuff with motorcycles that's what the show should be about and that's what it's we want to be about but in order to do that we need creative people like you and your friends to call in write in uh Get our, get our eyes pointed towards somebody that you think uh, we need to inter- interview and go check out our past interviews with people like Steve Noble from Noble Moto, uh, Jenna Steller from Steller Motor Brand, um, Chris Singsheim from uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin, who was one of our very first interviews, just a, a guy living the dream, drag racing and rebuilding uh crash dump trucks up there in wisconsin um his old neighbor michelle mankowitz the crazy teacher who does 200 miles an hour through traffic with her hands coming off the grips and (laughs) uh our good friends you know johnny j and the flatfoot flugies which i think they've disbanded but he's on to a new venture called quick trucks um where he's making skateboard trucks as he's a longtime skate buddy of mine back when we were kids before we even were into motorcycles when we were into skateboards uh and fast cars so he's been on the show um you know chris wiggins our former co-host making knives and slapping wives i don't know i'm trying to rhyme anyway lots of creative people out there doing some really cool creative stuff for the industry um and point us toward them get them on the show we want to talk to them and find out what makes their clocks tick uh and with that that's it submit something for solstice slam uh by before june 20th that's when the show is gonna friggin air so please do it by the 18th if if you have to the 19th if you're that much of a fucking procrastinator but there's no guarantee that it'll make it to production for the 20th but uh yeah so send it send it just send it and get out there have some fun go to a show uh tell your friend joe to quit snort and blow all right junkie turdman out